Hello and welcome to the download. I'm your host Dave Richardson, and continuing along with the uh, with the trend, we uh, are having another fully vaccinated podcast because our guest today, Sarah Riepel, who manages Portfolio Solutions at RBC Global Asset Management, got her shot yesterday. Sarah, how, how are you feeling? Not too bad. Uh, dull headache, but uh, I'll make it through. I promise. Well, the uh, it, it, uh, I, I can tell you from uh, from from our experience, it, uh, it, it yeah, it's gonna feel a little sluggish for a day and a bit, and then uh, and and then you feel almost like a superhero. Yeah, a little sense of relief, I expect, right? Uh, absolutely, absolutely. But well, I'm a lot older than you, though, so uh, so that's uh, it was particularly important for me. But uh, hey, we, uh, don't want to talk too much about vaccines. Want to talk about what's going on in markets. And we, we've seen equity markets hitting all-time highs in recent weeks. We've seen fairly volatile first quarter uh, in, uh, in bond markets and continued a little bit through, uh, although with some stabilization through, uh, through April. Um, has this in any way changed our outlook for the economy and, and markets from your perspective? Well, overall, the, the backdrop for the economy remains strong. Um, we believe we're in the um, early stages of the economic cycle. So, um, lots of stimulus in place and, and good prospects for economic growth. Um, the virus situation seems to be improving, at least in North America, uh, because of the vaccine rollout and additional um, tightening measures in some problem areas. Um, short rates, we think, are going to remain low for at least another year. The Bank of Canada hinted at potential hikes in late 2022, but the Fed's latest projections are pointing towards 2023, so, so no pressure from, from central banks. And because central banks remain highly accommodative and inflation remains, um, you know, contained, we think that the risk of significantly higher bond yields from here is, is, is quite minimal. So, yeah, as you said, the U.S. 10-year nearly doubled from, from late 2020. And we think that's actually removed the valuation risk that existed in fixed income markets. Um, and so, you know, that's largely been alleviated in here. And as a result, our base case is no longer calling for negative returns in, in the fixed income side of portfolios. And then against that backdrop, investors have been highly enthusiastic um, towards stocks. Stocks climbed to record highs, as you said. The S&P 500 is up over 80% since the March 2020 lows. And that powerful advance has been accompanied by sentiment measures reaching you know, extreme optimism levels and then valuations getting quite stretched. And so with that extreme optimism and, and those valuations, um, you know, they can persist over time, but we think that some complacency is creeping into, into markets in here, and there's a little bit of vulnerability should some of that enthusiasm fade or, or the outlook deteriorate. Yeah, and I think one of the most important things that you, you, that you mentioned in that, and, we, and we've talked about it in, in, in previous episodes of, of, the, of the podcast uh, with, with other investment managers, uh, but, but this whole idea that you, you, can, you can have expensive markets uh, in fixed income uh, as well as equity. Everyone talks about equity markets being expensive. Uh, very, it's not as often that you hear people talking about fixed income markets being, you know, kind of overshooting yields to the downside and thus value of bonds to the upside. Uh, and, and we were in that position and, and, and we've seen that adjustment. So, so, so with that, Sarah, how, how have, have you changed the positioning in, in the portfolios you're managing in, in any way? Yeah, well, last week we reduced our equity weights by a little bit, so took it down about 50 basis points to 64%, moved those proceeds to bonds, so so a lower equity weight, but still overweight relative to our strategic neutral. Um, you know, time horizon is a really important consideration here, 
um, we're looking at, you have to sort of balance the near-term tactical uh, positioning of the portfolios with our longer-term bullish uh, sentiment uh, around stocks. So we remain positive over the medium to long-term on stocks, and that's why we remain overweight uh, overall. But we've opted to dial back the degree of overweight a little bit because of near-term prospects for equity markets. And we focused that reduction in stocks on the U.S. equity market, where valuations seem the most stretched relative to some other markets around the world. We added some weight on to bonds because that large upward movement in yields uh, made sense for us to, to buy some bonds in here. So the bottom line is, you know, we continue to see strong economic backdrop supported by stimulus, low rates, reopening of economies. The significant rise in yields, uh, as well as stock prices, has narrowed the equity risk premium and lessened the, the attractiveness of stocks versus bonds somewhat in the near term, hence the reason why we lowered that equity weight tactically by, by just a little bit. Um, and we focused that sell on the U.S. market as stocks there appear quite expensive, whereas markets outside of the U.S. continue to offer good value. And so that kind of summarizes how we're currently positioned. Yeah, and, 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 and makes sense given the, uh, the, the comments you made around the economy. Uh, valuation and what's been happening in the in the fixed income market, uh, particularly through the uh, through the first quarter and, and and month of April. Sarah, uh, always a pleasure uh, to have you on as a guest. So always an interesting synopsis. Uh, you uh, you manage uh, probably as, as as much money as as any investment manager in, in Canada. Uh, so the moves that you're making are something that in, investors are always interested in. So uh, so thanks again for your time. Thanks for having me.